0: Jay Sannon here, bringing you another exciting edition of the GBI show. That's right, it is time, folks, for Gridiron. Betting insights here from ATS, a show where we respect the troops. Of course, we're doing the show live on Veterans Day here tonight. Uh, Of course, we want to thank the troops, all the veterans and uh, active duty military personnel. Thank you for everything that you do. And of course, tonight, we have a very exciting edition of the show where we are going to look at week 10 of the NFL schedule, break down all the games from a betting perspective. We will also, as we promised at the end of last week's show, we will give you our progress report for all of the preseason NFL bets that we recommended, all the season win totals, the futures, all that fun stuff here on the GBI show. Of course, if you are watching live on YouTube or Twitter on the ATS feeds on either of those platforms, we thank you for doing so. Feel free to weigh in throughout the show on the chat boxes on those respective platforms and of course if you are watching on demand on either of those platforms or if you are listening through the podcast feed we appreciate you doing that as well of course the show not possible without the fine folks at caesar sportsbook go to caesar sportsbook use the promo code gbi bonus that's right gbi bonus for a matched bet on your first wager at Caesars, good for up to a thousand and one dollars. Of course, you could also win your bet. You have the potential to more than double up there with the Caesar Sportsbook Match Bet Bonus using promo code GBI Bonus, as I just said. And of course, don't forget to download the ATS app. You can track your bets on the app. You can get all the data you need to be a better sports better over on the ATS app. Available on the App Store, Google Play, wherever you get your mobile apps. Now that we've gotten the housekeeping out of the way, let's take a look at our progress report for all these preseason wagers. Then we will get to Thursday Night Football. We'll get to the NFL Week 10 business as well. Now, before the season, we recommended it was like 12 or 13 bets across the four season preview shows on the GBI show. We did a couple of divisions on each show, and during each of those programs, we recommended a couple of bets from each division before the season started. So let's take a look at how those are currently going. Um, I don't believe we have any that have settled yet, but uh, we have some that are well on their way. We have some that are uh, looking significantly less positive. We'll take a look at all of them right now. We will start with the Green Bay Packers to win the NFC North. Uh, We took that at minus 145. They're currently three and a half games up on the second place Minnesota Vikings. So things are looking good there, of course. Assuming that Aaron Rodgers uh, doesn't become one of these long-haul COVID situations, things probably going to go the way we want to with that one in the NFC North. In the AFC North, we recommended the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the division at plus 500. It did not look good for a while there, folks. It looked pretty ugly as they were down at the bottom of the standings. They've taken advantage of some weaker competition in recent weeks. They're now a game back of the Baltimore Ravens. And at 5-1, to one, don't hate where we're sitting there. Um, You know, again, an uphill battle. The schedule will get tougher for the Steelers. But it's at least in play again, which at 5-1 to odds is really all you can ask for at the halfway point of the season. Also in the AFC North, we recommended the Cleveland Browns under 10.5 wins. And uh, they're 5-4 and so far, so it really could go either way. Of course, they got rid of Odell Beckham Jr., which we will talk about again later in the show when we look at the Cleveland Browns' upcoming game. But it really could go either way. Uh, Some chemistry issues, hopefully, will derail the Browns as the season goes along, and they can stick to uh, 10 or fewer wins, a team that I just wasn't all that high on going into the season. And uh, again, we are at least in play on that one, so we'll see where that goes. We'll move to the NFC East now. We had the Dallas Cowboys to win the division. There was a plus money, ladies and gentlemen. They were plus 150 when we gave it out to win the NFC East, and uh, right now they are clearly in the driver's seat in that division they are up four games in the loss column on every other team in that division so things looking good there for a nice plus 150 cash uh we're also on the giants under seven wins that was also a plus money that was a plus 110 at DraftKings when we had recommended it on the program giants three and six through their first nine games so it would take quite a lot to to lose that bet i mean they could win four games and push but they would need to more than double their first half production in the win column in order for us to lose that I like where we're standing there Buffalo Bills in the AFC East over 11 wins and this is one that took a pretty significant step back last week right we thought the Jaguars was going to be a gimme it turns out that was not the case unfortunately so they sit at five and three through the first eight games of their season as we approach the midway point and uh, you know they should get there it's still a weak division but you really would have liked to have been at six and two rather than five and three, a seed of doubt planted there with the Buffalo Bills after that last contest that they lost nine to six to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll make fun of them more in a little bit. Patriots under nine and a half wins. We gave that out. It was a minus one twenty-five. One that could go either way. They're five and four through their first nine games. Of course, they've won three in a row. Uh that bet looked a lot better just a few weeks ago. So we'll see where that one ends up. Uh, the L.A. Rams to win the NFC West was at plus 200. Their game back of the Cardinals, Matt Stafford now dealing with some injury concerns, but they bring in Von Miller. Now they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. That happened just a little while ago today. Again, in play at plus money, but a bit of an uphill climb with the Cardinals playing as well as they have so far this season. Uh, also had the Rams plus 750 to win the NFC. They're not out of it yet. I would assume that their number came down in that department. I didn't have a chance to look at it today, but they're at least again in play. I believe they're around plus 750 to win the Super Bowl now. So I think it did get better just by that uh, extension alone. In the AFC West, we went right against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I think that was a pretty popular one against uh, at least among betters who know what they're doing, a group that I am not pretending to be a part of by the way. I'm saying I was adjacent to them as I made that decision. Uh under 12 and a half wins for the Chiefs was minus 120. They're 5 and 4 through 9 games, but they're very fortunate to be 5 and 4. The way that they played the last couple of weeks at home certainly does not inspire confidence in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we're in a good spot there assuming they don't rip off eight wins to finish off the season. At uh, what would it be, 13 and four? I mean, they need to win out in order for that to pan out. I don't think we're going to see that. Uh, had the Broncos over eight and a half wins at minus 120. They're five and four through nine games. They've taken advantage of the terrible teams on their schedule. We need them to keep doing that in order to win four more games and uh, hit the over there. The Saints over nine wins at even money was our play in the NFC South. They are five and three through their first eight. They have overcome the catastrophic Jameis Winston injury. They picked up a win against the Buccaneers in spite of that. Uh, Then they, of course, went and lost last week to the Falcons. So that one certainly could go in either direction as well. Before the Jameis injury, I thought we were in a good place, but who knows where that ends up now. And finally, we took the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South at minus 115. They are up three games on the second-place Indianapolis Colts. The Jaguars and Texans certainly not a threat uh, to the Titans in that division race. Either it's going to come down to the Colts and the Titans and the Titans with a big enough lead, where I think we are in a good place with them. So right now we have eight preseason bets that are on pace to come in. Four of them not quite there. Um, these could, of course, change. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, if things go our way, we could go 12-0. and Yeah, that sounds great. But, you know, things could not go our way. We could go on 12. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. At least we know that as long as the Chiefs don't win out, we're going to get on the board with these preseason bets. So I uh, just wanted to keep you guys updated. You know, we don't forget about the things that we give out before this season. I um, think it's important to at least acknowledge them at some point during the year so that, you know, A, they exist, and B, that, you know, if they aren't going well, we're not going to run away from them. So that is where we are on the preseason bets. Now let's move in to the fun stuff. Let's move into the week 10 bets and the week 10 previews here in the NFL we're going to start with Thursday Night Football. Ravens-Dolphins. Ravens around an 8, 8.5 point favorite now, total 46. Um, this one now, a big deal. The Tua Tonga-Vailoa injury. He's not going to play because of his finger. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback for the Dolphins. But it's interesting because you have Tonga-Vailoa, uh, according to, I believe it was Adam Schefter, saying that he's going to be the backup in this game. So, I mean, he's able to play if they need him to I guess but not healthy enough to actually go out there and start and you know I don't hate that decision because I just don't think it's a very good matchup for the uh, Miami Dolphins of course last week they beat the Houston Texans to snap a seven game losing streak but that was kind of a tailor-made slump buster situation naturally I had kind of leaned toward the Texans in that game uh, myself but they're a team that hasn't beaten, you know, a real legitimate opponent yet this season, right? They beat the Texans last week. Their only other win came against the New England Patriots when Mac Jones was making his first career start in the NFL. I mean, that's not a good combination of wins for the Miami Dolphins so far this year. Now you add the Tua stuff, Devontae Parker's on IR. It's going to be a pretty ugly outing, I feel like, for the Miami Dolphins. The only question here is if you get a lapse in focus from the Baltimore Ravens, right? Next week, the Ravens are going to Chicago. Not that that's a big, huge game either, but any game is bigger than playing the Dolphins. Really the only thing I think that could possibly get in the way for the Ravens in this contest is them just kind of overlooking their opponent. I mean, kind of like they did last week against the Minnesota Vikings, right? And that game really shouldn't have been as close as it was. It definitely shouldn't have went to overtime, but... The Ravens kind of let Minnesota hang around. They let them put some chunk plays together, and that's just kind of where you ended up. I think it's going to take more mistakes from the Ravens for this game to stay close than I think it's going to be uh, quality play from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Injuries on the Ravens' side, Latavius Murray doubtful. Sammy Watkins questionable, although I'm sure they've resolved that by now since it's 8 p.m. Eastern here as we're doing the show. But, uh, you know, I I think that there's a big mismatch offensively in this game, right? Baltimore tied for fourth in the league in yards per play. Miami, they're tied for dead last in that regard. Interesting to point out though, is uh, both of these teams three and five against the spread this year. Miami also has pushed their three, five and one, but neither team particularly impressive against the spread. And that kind of speaks to Baltimore, right? Typically a favorite, not great at covering big numbers. Uh, Miami, I mean, they're, they've been an underdog most of the season. They still can't cover. So that's not a great uh, representation and a reflection on the way that they have played so far this season at all. It's it's a game where, let's face it, it's going to take a pretty substantial botch job for the Ravens to allow Miami to hang around. I would lean toward the Ravens in this game. Uh, not super enthused about playing a road favorite on a short week. That's just kind of a me thing. But, uh, you know, numerically and in terms of just what you see out on the field, the Ravens should be able to take care of business on Thursday night. Now let's move on to the Sunday slate, and we're going to start off in the NFC with the Falcons and the Cowboys. Dallas, around an eight-point favorite, total in the mid-50s here, 54-and-a-half. Of course, last week, the Falcons beating the New Orleans Saints, the Trevor Simeon-led New Orleans Saints on a last-second field goal. I feel like young Koo has hit a bunch of last-second field goals, by the way, this season. Good for him. Uh, The Cowboys lost to the Broncos in one of the most disappointing performances that we've seen in the NFL so far this season, right? They lost to Denver. They got down, they went down thirty to nothing in that game. I mean, it, it was awful. Uh, they came out completely flat in that contest, and I get it. Dak Prescott just coming back from a week off with the ankle injury, right? They had that game where Cooper Rush delivered them to victory against the Minnesota Vikings, but you can't have a game that bad. I mean, you can when you're three games up on the rest of the division or whatever. But in terms of, you know, trying to establish yourself as a top seed, a team that's pursuing a buy, uh, you can't have a game that flat if you're the Dallas Cowboys. And the question is, how do they respond to that? Right. And I think that the way that they respond to that is more than likely with a pretty big bounce back game. I mean, you look at the Falcons so far this season. And I mean, statistically, definitely not nearly as impressive as the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys three and one at home. On the season, by the way, that was their first loss against the spread last week to the Denver Broncos. So you would think that they'll get back on the right side of the number in this contest. They're still tops in the league in yards per play on the season, despite the fact that they were so bad offensively in that game against Denver last week. I mean, it was a game where, like, Dak Prescott had under 100 yards pretty deep into that second half. They scored a couple of late like, touchdowns, got a couple of two-point conversions to make it a two-possession game. But that is not at all a fair reflection on the final, you know, when you compare the final score to how the teams played. I mean, Denver absolutely crushed Dallas in every aspect of that game. I don't think we see anything close to that this week. I think that the Dallas Cowboys do get their win back in a bounce back spot here. Uh, Falcons hosting the Patriots next week on Thursday night, a rematch of, of course, that iconic Super Bowl where the Falcons led 28 to 3 and then decided, yeah, you know, we've had enough football for the year. We're done. Uh Cowboys, they go to the Chiefs next week, so both teams facing some pretty big spots for them. But I do think that the Cowboys come away with a pretty resounding victory here for no other reason than just to show some pride after how bad things looked last week against Denver. Now, let's go to a game where both of the teams involved uh, aren't quite at full strength, and it's going to have, in my opinion, a pretty negative impact on the game as a whole I'm talking about saints titans titans two and a half point favorites low total 44 and of course you ask yourself well why is the total so low between these teams and it has a lot to do with the fact that their offenses are both affected by pretty significant injuries right now right on the Saints side trevor simeon is going to be playing quarterback because Jameis winston was lost for the year not that Jameis was great by any stretch of the imagination But, you know, he's not Trevor Simeon, which automatically makes him better than Trevor Simeon. You also have Alvin Kamara dealing with an injury for the Saints. He's questionable to play in the game. And Of course, if he doesn't go, things could really get off the rails for the Saints. On the other side, of course, Derrick Henry done for the season. He had his foot surgery situation. Uh, A.J. Brown, Taylor Lewan, questionable on the Titans side as well. So this is a game where, a lot of really important pieces are either out of the game entirely or not at 100%, which is not a great situation for, A, just neutral fans who want to see a good game, but also better trying to get kind of a handle on how this is all going to work. Now, with that said, the Titans have won five straight games. So, I mean, you know, even without Henry last week, they did manage to look really good against the L.A. Rams on Sunday Night Football. So... Give credit to the Titans for that, for sure. Uh, Titans 4-1 and at home on the season, 7-2 and against the spread on the year. And, you know, I would lean toward the Titans in this game by virtue of them being at home, by them being red hot against the spread. I think that's all great. But both of these teams bottom 10 in the league in yards per play this season, despite their reputations as kind of explosive offensive teams, I think that the under might be the best place to go for this game personally. I mean, it's one of those it's one of those totals. It's pretty low. You kind of just based on reputation would think it would go over. But because of that and the data between these two teams offensively so far this year, I think the under might be a better play than either of the sides in this game. Um, and, you know, is this the week that the Titans finally kind of slow down a little bit after being red hot for the last month or so? We could, We will only uh, find out by watching the game, I suppose. But I think this does have the potential to be kind of a disappointing game relative to the expectations we might have of these two teams so far. Speaking of disappointments, let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the way, this is a week where if you like watching bad football, you might actually be disappointed in the NFL this week because you have a lot of bad teams on their bye weeks, right? You have the New York Giants on their bye, you have the Chicago Bears – Houston Texans all on their bye. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you are a fan specifically of bad football, don't worry. The Jaguars are here for you, ladies and gentlemen. They're 10-point underdogs taking on the Colts in Indy, total 47 and a half. And of course, I mean, you know, I say that, but last week the Jaguars, they beat the Buffalo Bills outright as it was more than a two touchdown spread by the time it closed. Uh, we did the show last week. I said, hey, you know, I, I would lean toward the Bills covering that number. Uh, not only did they not cover the 14, which turned in, I think, 15 and a half, uh, they didn't score 14 or 15 or 15 and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They scored six, and that was not enough to win that game. Uh, the Colts, by the way, they crushed the Jets last week on Thursday Night Football. Um, And it's a a game this week where I guess the questions are, can the Jaguars kind of sustain anything that they did in the game last week against the Bills, or was that just they completely shot their wad on that one game? And then, you know, should we be concerned about the Colts and the way that they played last week defensively after, I mean, they were carved up by the passing game of the Jets. It started out as Mike White. He hurt his forearm. He was sat out for the rest of the game. And then it became Josh Johnson, of course, shout out to the LA Wildcats of the XFL and just about every other professional football league and franchise, as I think Josh Johnson's played for approximately all of them. But you give a lot of credit to that Jets team, the way they move the ball against the Colts. The question is, was any of that a Colts problem? And you look at the defense of the Indianapolis Colts, right? And Xavier Rhodes is questionable. Darius Leonard questionable. And you got to wonder, you know, can the Jaguars move the ball well enough? I'm leaning toward no, personally. I don't think that they have the firepower to take advantage of even a defense that did struggle the way that the Colts did last week. Um, You know, this is a game that I really just wouldn't advocate a play for on either side or for the total. I mean, you know, maybe you could make the argument that laying double digits for Carson Wentz is not a great idea. But Jags on the road is kind of a no for me across the board, especially against the team of the Colts uh, that is six and three against the spread on the season. But again, you're not going to catch me laying that many points with Carson Wentz uh, at any point in my lifetime. Now, one of the most intriguing games of the Week Ten schedule, at least in my opinion, right? I mean, that's you know that's very subjective. A lot of people, the most intriguing game of the week is their favorite team. Uh, I'm a fan of the Giants, who. A, they're on their bye week this week, but B, they're, they're never really the most intriguing game of the week because that's just uh, that's just how they are. But to me, one of the most intriguing games of the week this week in the NFL, Cleveland Browns, New England Patriots. The Patriots, two and a half point favorites in this game, total 46. Last week, the Cleveland Browns went to Cincinnati and they crushed the Bengals. Absolutely crushed the Bengals. Whereas the New England Patriots, they crushed the uh, the Carolina Panthers. Last week, they drove uh, they drove Sam Darnold out at the end of that game. Um, You know, the Browns have been very inconsistent this year, right? We've seen them give up 47 points and lose. We've seen them play the masterpiece of a game that they played last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, Cleveland now dealing with all this team chemistry stuff. Odell Beckham no longer a part of the team going to the L.A. Rams. But then you have the New England Patriots on the other side, and they've just kind of been this rock steady, like, you know, we're not going to blow you away this year. It's just not our identity yet. But we're getting better with Mac Jones, a quarterback. They've won their last three, and I think it's a situation where I would lean toward the New England Patriots in this game despite the fact that before the season I really didn't think very highly of them. They've played very well. And it's kind of the way you would expect them to with a rookie quarterback, right? They're not trying anything too crazy, but they're locking in defensively. They're paying very respectably on that side of the ball. They're using the running game to help Mac Jones. I love the way that they're kind of setting things up around their franchise quarterback as of now. And, you know, this New England team, they're top 10 in the league in yards per play against this season. And they're going to need that against this Cleveland offense who can move the ball primarily with the run, right? I think that New England is going to do a good job of stopping the run. I think they're going to force Baker Mayfield and a reduced receiving core now to beat them, and I don't think that is necessarily going to work out. Of course, you have no Kareem Hunt in this game. You have Nick Chubb questionable. You have Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry questionable, and those, of course, mean very different things. I think we, we would expect to see Baker Mayfield play but I don't think we know as well about the two skill position guys I just mentioned. I think that this is a game where Bill Belichick is going to make Baker Mayfield try to beat them. And I don't think that's a good recipe for the Browns whatsoever. I think that the Patriots, after you know it looked terrible at the start of the season, it's slowly come around. And now you have a situation where the Patriots, you might be able to start talking about them as a potential playoff team in the AFC. I think that they would be my best bet in this game in terms of uh, being able to slow down Cleveland and just kind of exploit their weaknesses on both sides of the ball. Now we'll stay with teams in the AFC East for this next game. I am talking about the Bills and the Jets. The Bills, they are an 11-point favorite in this game. This is, by the way, the third straight game that Buffalo is favored by double digits, right? They absolutely crushed the Dolphins as a two-touchdown favorite in the second half of that game. Lost outright last week to the Jaguars as a 15, 15 and a half point favorite. And then this week, of course, they are a double digit favorite once again against the New York Jets. And, you know, both of these teams come out of last week looking bad, right? The Bills, I mean, losing outright to the Jaguars, one of the most embarrassing performances in the NFL this season, especially by a team that we consider to be an upper echelon team. The Jets, meanwhile, I think gave up 45 to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, They still almost covered, by the way. Josh Johnson leading a late backdoor cover drive throws an interception near the goal line. I mean, it was crazy the way that they came back and nearly backdoored that one. There would have been a huge meltdown across social media if that had happened. But both of these teams, right, they come out and they really underperformed expectations for the majority of their games last week. The question is, how do the Bills respond to being, I mean, just completely humiliated last week. And then with Mike White coming back for the Jets, do the Jets still have this same pop on the offensive side of the ball? And, you know, it's a game that I would, I really would pass on. I would recommend staying away from it because all of your numbers are going to say, yeah, you're going to want to back the Buffalo Bills here. And in the back of your head, you're, you know, you're talking about all the narrative stuff of, oh, you know, it's a bounce back spot in the division game. And that's all valid. I get that. But after the Bills played the way they did, and after Mike White has played really well over these last few weeks, there might be an argument to be made for the Jets instead. The Jets, by the way, they have two wins, right? They have two wins, uh, both at home, and they came against the Titans, who they were around a touchdown underdog against, and the Bengals, who they were an 11-point underdog against. So it is not unprecedented to see the Jets win this type of game Outright, and with the way that the Bills played a week ago, and they've kind of been struggling offensively, they did it against the Dolphins as well in the first half of that game that they were expected to win in blowout fashion. In spite of their defense being the best in the league in terms of yards per play against and all that fun stuff, I just can't justify a play on the Bills. With that said, I'd like to see more of Mike White before I really start throwing money behind him as well. It's a complete stay away for me. Uh, Could be a very interesting one in a battle of the annual game where uh, we try and argue about who's actually a New York team and who's a New Jersey team and whatever, and it's very annoying. But uh, I think it has the potential to be a more interesting game than a lot of people think I uh, I really do. Next up, Lions-Steelers. Steelers, Steelers, an eight-point favorite, total 42.5. Of course, the Lions, the last winless team in the NFL. They are coming off a bye here while the Steelers are coming off a Monday Night Football win against the uh, Chicago Bears, which was just a weird kind of ugly game that they pulled out uh, and just kind of hung on for dear life toward the end. Um, A couple of corners coming back from injured reserve for the Lions, including Corey Ballantyne. That's really been the position group that's been hit the hardest on the defense for the Lions this year. I mean, They weren't good in the secondary to begin with. And then you started throwing injuries around. Remember, Jeff Okuda was lost for the season earlier in the year for the Lions. It's just it has not been pretty in the defensive backfield for them. And you hope that they might be able to find a little relief in the form of some of these guys coming back from IR. Uh, On the Steelers side, Claypool, Ebron, Roethlisberger, all questionable heading into this game. Now, the Steelers have won four straight games, putting our plus 500 AFC North future kind of back on the map. Of course, the Lions losing eight straight. But I think it's important to note that in spite of the recent winning streak for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have not been covering as a favorite lately, right? They they did beat the Cleveland Browns outright in Cleveland to cover as a three, three and a half point underdog. But you look over the last couple of times that they've been favored. They played Geno Smith and the Seahawks on Sunday night football, did not cover the spread. They needed overtime to win that game. You look last Monday night, Chicago Bears, and around a six, six and a half point favorite against Justin Fields, did not cover the spread, even though they did win the game in closer fashion than a lot of us had expected. And it's a situation where you kind of got to ask yourself, do I have the stones, knowing that the Steelers have struggled to cover as a favorite as of late, to back the Detroit Lions, personally, The answer for me is no. Again, it's a no play for me by virtue of the Steelers really struggling to cover these big numbers. Really not even big numbers. I mean, just kind of the mid-sized numbers, even the fives and the sixes they've struggled to cover as a favorite, whereas you've had the Lions who they've struggled to cover. They haven't been able to win a game. It's a complete no-go for me based on all of that. Uh, By the way, the Steelers playing another primetime game next week when they take on the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday Night Football, a rematch of uh, the week a couple years ago where Duck Hodges beat Phillip Rivers outright on Sunday night. So we'll see what happens there. But for now, no play for me on the Steelers and the Lions. So that is halftime, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, it's halftime of the GBI show. We have gone through half the games and before we get into the second half of the games, I just want to remind you, check out Caesar Sportsbook. Use promo code GBI BONUS to get a match bet bonus of up to $1,001. Uh, you make your first deposit, you place your first wager up to $1,001. Caesar's on the spot will say, here you go, here's up to $1,001 in uh, free bets. And then, of course, you can keep whatever profits you generate from your first bet on the site as well using code BONUS at caesars sportsbook now let's get to the second half of the gbi show it's the best part of the show by the way the halftime way shorter than the halftime of an nfl game it's probably the only redeeming quality of the show if we're being honest but whatever second half gbi show here we go bucks washington football team to start us off tampa bay buccaneers a nine point favorite total 51 and this is a rematch of the wild card round in last year's postseason that kind of started the run to the Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? They beat Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team in that game, and they ended up riding that to a Super Bowl victory. Now, of course, it's a little different this year in that the Buccaneers are really expected to do great things where we didn't really know what we were going to get from them in the playoffs last season. But what hasn't changed is that the Washington football team is really not a serious threat to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my opinion. I mean, my numbers like the Buccaneers, of course, offensively, especially uh, Tampa third in the league in yards per play on the season. You look at the Washington football team, they've lost four straight games. They're dead last in the league in terms they're against the spread record. And I think a big reason for that is the defense. Of the Washington football team just has not matched the expectations that we might have had for it coming into the year, right? We expected again another big year. Or Chase Young was going to be getting a lot of sacks and getting after the quarterback. But they moved Carrigan, right? Carrigan's with the Eagles now. Montez Sweat now dealing with a broken jaw; he's doubtful for this game. Teams have been able to better block Chase Young, make it a lot easier on the offensive lines of these teams because they just haven't had as many guys that are real threats to get to the quarterback to block. And uh, that has certainly not helped the Washington football team. And it is certainly not gonna help them in this game where if you can't get pressure on Tom Brady, you're in a world of trouble. Um, There are some injuries to keep an eye on for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gronk, Godwin, Antonio Brown, all on the injury report is questionable. We'll see if they play, but I'm not sure it's going to make a huge difference because I think the lack of pressure that this Washington football team has been getting, I think it's significant. And I think that we've seen that in a lot of double-digit losses for this team against respectable opponents, right? They've lost by double figures to the Saints already this season. They've lost by double figures to the Chiefs. Neither of those two teams, by the way, as good as kind of the name recognition would suggest coming into the season and yet they still managed to win in Washington by multiple scores. I would lean toward the same thing happening in this game uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think if there were a play to be made, it would be Tampa Bay to cover the number. Next up, we'll go to Arizona. Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, a double-digit favorite in this game, around 10.5. Total 44.5. Of course, last week the Cardinals did not have Kyler Murray and they still beat the San Francisco 49ers. And I just want to kind of you know, pour out my invisible drink here for everybody who bet the Niners early in the week anticipating the Kyler Murray News. Um, I mean, they were around to pick them for a while. They were favored by you know, one or two points for a period of time. Then the Murray News drops, and all of a sudden, they're favored by like four points, and they still can't even sniff winning the game, let alone covering the spread. Uh, one of the great uh, closing line, bom- you know, bonfires of the season thus far. So, again, pouring out my invisible 40-ounce uh, of Old English for anybody who uh, made the smart bet with the Niners there was just absolutely punished for it. I mean, it's again, this is one of those things, right? You bet the NFL, and... Things like that happen to you, and you just, you're just you left shaking your head. But it is what it is. Um, last week, also notable quarterback news for the Carolina Panthers in that Sam Darnold, uh, he was knocked out. P.J. Walker, shout-out. Houston Roughnecks, second XFL shout-out of the night. Uh, he finished out the game, and now it looks like he is going to start this game, but it looks like Cam Newton is coming back to Carolina, possibly to start the rest of the way. We don't know yet. But it's a very weird quarterback situation. Darnold dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, MVPJ still not going to get his full-on shot here for the Panthers, it looks like. But he will get an audition here this coming week, assuming that they don't just rush Cam Newton right into things. And I'm not sure it's going to go particularly well for P.J. Walker. I mean, it is bad luck that this is the game he's got to come out and play in against a team with the number one point differential in the NFL, and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, both teams pretty decent defensively coming into this game, uh, both giving up an average of five and a half yards per play. Anytime you're better than that six yards of play average defensively, you're at least competing. You're doing pretty well out there. But the difference in offenses in this game is just massive. The Cardinals tied for fourth in the league in yards per play. They're nine yards per attempt through the air ranks first in the league. And you got to remember one of their weeks so far this season was with Colt McCoy at the quarterback position. And they still rank first in that regard, uh, the Cardinals seven and two against the spread so far this season. And, you know, Carolina not super impressive in terms of their offensive statistics and you have a feeling, right. That certainly isn't going to get better with a guy who is not accustomed to starting, making a start. I mean, really, to me, the only path in this game for the Carolina Panthers is if the Cardinals just kind of have trouble getting after P.J. Walker in terms of knowing what to expect from him and, of course, Kyler Murray coming out rusty the way that Dak Prescott did against the Denver Broncos a week ago. Um, Again, the numbers like the Cardinals, with Murray coming back from the injury, I don't feel super comfortable laying the double figures, but that I think would be the best play to make if you were so inclined to wager on that contest. Now we're moving along here on the GBI show interconference clash between the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles chargers just saved myself by the way from saying San Diego. I was very close to letting a San Diego slip on the show, something I've done many times, but I do like to try to avoid it when possible. Chargers, three-point favorites heading into this game, total 53. Last week, the Vikings, they did take the Baltimore Ravens to overtime on the road, just couldn't pull it out at the end. The Chargers, they did win against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, this game is really a question of what version of both of these teams are you going to get this week? And the answer, for me at least, is that I really don't know. That's why, to me, I, I lean slightly toward the Chargers in this game, but not a compelling play on either side as far as I'm concerned. Both of these teams within a tenth of a yard per play of each other, both on offense and defense. And, of course, Minnesota, you know, you have some question marks now with the whole Dalvin Cook situation. Is that going to impact the ability of the Vikings to move the football? But you also have to ask, I mean, you know, are are the Chargers defensively going to perform at a high enough level for that to matter? because they certainly have had their bouts of terrible play defensively this season. But then they've also kind of brought a couple of masterpieces on the defensive end as well. Just a lot of inconsistency on both sides for both of these teams. And, you know, that's the number one thing I look for in betting on the NFL is, do I know who these teams are? And these are two teams that I have had a really hard time wrapping my head around so far this season. So it is a pass for me. Uh, I would lean toward the Chargers being at home. I think that a second straight road game for the Vikings will not do them any favors. But again, I do not trust the Chargers on either side of the ball to deliver for me in that situation. Um. By the way, last week, right, the Chargers, they beat the Eagles. Let's move right on to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're playing the Denver Broncos this week in Denver. Broncos a three-point favorite at mile high, total 46 and the broncos might have been the most impressive game we saw played last week right up there with the jacksonville jaguars if they were taking if there was a prop bet that would that was who would have the most impressive performances in the nfl in a given week you'd have to make a lot of guesses before you got to the denver broncos and the jacksonville jaguars and yet that's exactly where we ended up incredible performance last week by the denver broncos 30 to 16 against the dallas cowboys And, I mean, the question is, can they do anything similar to that for a second straight week? This is a Broncos team that before that game against the Cowboys, and we all all kind of dismissed them as a team that had only played well against poor competition, they completely destroyed that narrative last week. So let's see. I mean, can they start a new one and build a winning streak here once again in Denver, but this time against, you know, at least professional football teams? unlike the winning streak that they had at the beginning of the year where they won three straight against the Jets, Giants, and the Jaguars. On the Eagles' side, you know, it's a bad loss to lose at home like that against a West Coast team. I think that this is an evenly matched game statistically, but I would say that the under would be the best play with that in mind. Um, You know, not a ton to separate these two teams. But the Broncos 7-2 and two to the under on the season, they have the second best scoring defense in the NFL, allowing right around 17 points per game. And I do think we see the offense of the Denver Broncos come back down to earth after last week where they just absolutely carved Dallas all the way up. I think we see another kind of low scoring game, kind of similar to what we saw when the Broncos played the Washington football team at home earlier this season. I don't know if we necessarily get another 17 to 10, but I think somewhere where both teams are right around 20, but not quite necessarily over it. I think that could be kind of where this game lands, something like a 20 to 17, 21, 17 type of matchup between these two teams. I would lean toward the under in this contest to move Denver. If it does go under to eight and two to the under, on the season now let's talk about another one of these kind of most fascinating games of the weekend in the NFL and this one's fascinating for a lot of reasons really just kind of a weird game in terms of not knowing what we're going to get from some of the bigger names in the sport right talking Seahawks Packers Packers around a three-point favorite total 49 last week the Seahawks had a bye Uh, last week the Packers and Jordan Love only scored seven points, losing 13-7 to in Kansas City. And it's a game where Russell Wilson is supposed to come back and play. We're expecting Aaron Rodgers to be cleared. However, there is a chance that he is not cleared and cannot play. But uh, I think that the odds on that are kind of slim. And it's a game where both of these teams, again, another one of these matchups where these teams are very evenly matched within two-tenths of a yard per play, of one another offensively and defensively. Green Bay, of course, 8-1 and one against the spread on the season. But I think that they might drop to 8-2 and two against the spread this season. I mean, you're going to get Russell Wilson back for the Seattle Seahawks. I think more importantly, you might get Chris Carson back for the Seattle Seahawks. They'll improve both in the air and on the ground. Of course, Wilson being back unlocks that vertical passing game. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett can kind of realize their full abilities once again. And I think that you look at the way that the Green Bay Packers played without Aaron Rodgers and it kind of exposes that there are some weaknesses to that team that he does cover up. But even with Rodgers, I mean, they haven't been putting up gigantic point totals this season, right? They scored in the low 20s against Chicago. They scored in the mid 20s against the Washington football team, whose defense has been pretty bad this season. I think that Seattle here would be the better play against the Green Bay Packers. Um, You know, I would like to wait and see where the line goes as we get closer to the game here. If I can get over the key number three, I'm certainly going to jump on it. I don't know if we'll see that, but I am more than willing to wait. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't pop to just sit it out and watch what should be one of the more fascinating contests on the NFL schedule this week. Now it's time to get into prime time here. We have Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football coming up. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs and Raiders. The Kansas City Chiefs, a a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road, total 51-and-a-half. And And I think if I had to circle kind of a a best play of the week in the NFL, it very well could be the Las Vegas Raiders, in my humble opinion. Kansas City Chiefs are 2-and-7 against the spread this season. And you look at the way that they just played their last couple of games – both of which came at home. They failed to cover against the Giants. That spread was around double digits. They won by a field goal. And they were a touchdown favorite against the Packers. They ended up winning by six. Of course, the Packers with Jordan Love at quarterback rather than Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't have a lot of faith in the Chiefs as a favorite at all. But as a favorite on the road, I think that's a big question mark. You look at the per play stats for both of these teams and Las Vegas is better on both sides of the ball and demonstrably so in the defensive department. I mean, they are way better on defense than the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of their yards per play allowed, averaging 1.2 yards per play less than the Kansas City Chiefs on the season. By the way, Kansas City tied for dead last in the NFL in yards per play allowed. Uh, both these teams struggle against the run a little bit Vegas, a lot better defending the pass so far this season. But I think that that all works in Las Vegas favor because they can control the game a little bit better. And that's what you need to do against Patrick Mahomes, right? You need to keep the ball out of his hands. I think that they are going to do a good job of pounding the rock and keeping the ball away from Mahomes homes to the extent that they can. I think that the, I think the Raiders are the way to go here. I mean, I don't think you're going to catch a three in this game. I think that this line, if anything, it's going to shrink before Sunday night. But I think that the Raiders are the side to be played here. Um, Worth keeping an eye on. Kyle Long, he's practicing again after uh, previously being on injured reserve. If the offensive line for the Chiefs can improve, that would be a big deal. But I don't think that's going to be enough here in a division rivalry matchup against a team that, in the regular season, Kansas City has struggled with a little bit in the Las Vegas Raiders. I would take the points with Las Vegas in that situation. Finally, we've got Monday night football, ladies and gentlemen. Rams, Niners. The Rams, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I have a feeling that that number is only going to continue to increase. you got the buzz around Odell Beckham Jr. joining the Rams, combined with the fact that the Rams are just kind of a more glamorous team. And, you know, it's it's a game that I think I'm staying off of entirely. I think the biggest reason for that is we're not sure what we're going to get from Matthew Stafford at this point in time, right? He suffered a sprained ankle last week in the Rams' disappointing Sunday night football loss to the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, I mean, this game is really going to hinge, in my opinion, on how healthy he is. Now, of course, we just saw the Niners lose to Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals. but You know, personally, I'm not trying to back a uh, backup quarterback and lay points to do it. I would like to see just what Stafford has out there before I get involved in Rams games in the near future. But, uh, you know, this is an interesting game now because we could see Von Miller. We don't know what's going on with Odell Beckham for the Rams now. And both of these teams a little closer statistically than you might expect, both allowing 5.3 yards per play, which is tied for fifth in the NFL. So, you know, I think that a lot of people, right, they see this Matt Stafford-led Rams offense. They think they're going to crush everybody. I think that the Niners might have the defense to make this a much tougher game than expected. But the Niners being 2-6 and against the spread on the year, it does feel like they are the sharp side on this equation. But with them being so bad at covering the numbers so far this season, uh, not a game that I am particularly interested in in wagering on and to me i mean it could very well come down to which of these teams responds to kind of an embarrassing loss last week the best i think it's going to be very interesting for that reason alone folks that is your preview of week 10 of the nfl season here on the gbi show of course next week we are going to take a look at week 11 of course i want to thank everybody for tuning in to the gbi show this week by the way this is the final GBI show that I will be doing as a 30-year-old. I am turning 31 in uh, just a few hours here. And uh, that's, of course, if you're listening live. If you're listening on the podcast, there's a very good chance that you are listening to a man who is already a year older uh, delivering your NFL betting takes for the week. But uh, either way, one of the best birthday presents I've ever received is the ability to do this show. It was about a year ago. Uh, that the GBI show was canceled for the first time, not because it had uh, problematic tweets, not that kind of canceling. Um, The previous owners of uh, the entity that had produced the GBI show, uh, they were bought by a company and uh, that company kind of immediately shut everything down and the GBI show was one of the casualties. Well, here we are a year later. We're back. We're better than ever. Uh, We have a wonderful sponsor in Caesars and we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we have all of you. And uh, that's something that a year ago we did not know uh, that was going to be the case and could not be more grateful. The best birthday present I could have asked for from all of you is uh, your support as we found a new home, a much larger, nicer home, uh, you know, a nicer shower, a nicer kitchen, all that fun stuff. And, uh, you know, as, as we continue to grow this thing, I just want to say thank you to everybody for making that possible as we continue here to deliver, hopefully, what I what I hope is useful information before you bet on the NFL season. I, you know, the picks. Let's face it, not exactly the strongest here in the NFL. If you if you want a WNBA betting show, I would listen to the picks. Me in the NFL, not nearly as strong. That's just the reality of the situation. But I'm hoping that the information. And that some of the strategic elements that we put into this and some of the context that we put behind things is useful to you as you place your NFL wagers. But again, I just, you know, as I continue my descent into old age, as uh, you know, my kids get to, uh, you know, increase their grade levels every year and all that fun stuff. I really just want to say thank you for making this past year and hopefully this next year uh, another great one here on the GBI show. So until next time, this is Jay San saying see you later. Thank you for enduring that long-winded little rant as I uh, look back at my life and wonder what has become of it. Uh, we will see you next week for week 11. Until then, good luck on all of your NFL bets here in week 10. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.